Hi, it's Adrian here, the host of Talk Design Podcast. I would like to welcome you to a special series that I've created with the AIA Austin chapter. This is for their homes tour, which will be held in October on the 22nd and the 23rd in Austin, Texas. This homes tour I've been to many times and it's a wonderful event. It's really well curated and incredible homes on it. And this year we've got homes from a bunch of Austin's best architects and some really exciting projects. I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of these architects about the project and about the nuances of the project. So when you get a chance to listen to these podcasts, you're really going to find out some special little tips and have like a tour from the architect through each of these homes. The other thing that the AIA Austin chapter has done is they've arranged for webinars with the architects who have homes on the tour. These will kick off on the 21st of the 9th, and then they will run through to the 12th of the 10th. If you look up the AIA Austin's home tours schedule, you will find these listed there. This would be something really special. In the meantime, what I would ask you to do is subscribe to the Talk Design podcast. You'll find us online at www.talkdesign.show and on every podcast platform that you care to listen on. If you can subscribe there and then go to the latest series, which will be the AIA Austin Homes Tour. So have a look for that and dig out some of your favorite architects. There's lots to learn. And then if you are going to make it to the tour in person, you will also learn a whole lot more about these homes by listening to what the architects have had to say. You'll also see on our website some amazing photography by Leonard Fomansky, who has done the photography for the tour this year. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to presenting each of these architects to you in this AIA Austin special series. Take care and enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Candace Wong from Candace Wong Architecture and Design in Austin, Texas. And this is part of our AIA Austin, Texas Home Tours series. Candace, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. You've got a very cool home that's going to be on the tour this year. Of course, the AIA Austin Homes Tour always has got this beautiful mixed bag of you know, different sized homes and different renovations and new builds, etc. And this one's a, a somewhat challenging renovation with some additions. And I'm going to get you to take us through that. Beautiful job, by the way. It looks really oh, fabulous. Thank you. Thank I you have, very much. <laughs> I have had the pleasure of just looking at the photographs and the floor plan and seeing what happened. So Candice is going to take us through some of that. So first of all, Candice, can you tell me the client brief? Because one of the things that happens with all architecture, especially when others view it, is it's so easy to be, oh, I, I could never live in that. Or, oh, I wouldn't have done that that way. But there's no idea that people have in an understanding as to what the client is trying to get to. And, you know, your job is, is to get to where the client's going as much as what the county will allow and as much as what the environment asks for. So... Take me through the client brief. That would be really cool. 
Yeah, sure. No two houses are the same and no two clients are the same. And that's what is the most fun part about being a custom residential architect is um, everyone is coming to a project with different ideas of how they want to live in a space and the different types of things that they want to use in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this one, it, so this is a, a particularly different project for me because I was actually brought on as a consultant at the very beginning. Uh-huh. So Holly and Trey had already had a design build company on board for the beginning of schematic design. And they reached out to me kind of mid midway through schematic design. So the client brief had already been discussed with the design build team. And I came on and I I think they had a preliminary plan of what they wanted to do. So it's kind of, it was different where you, you're not hearing it from the clients, you're seeing it in a plan and then having the clients tell you, discuss about kind of what they were trying to do in the said plan. Um, so that was a little bit different because normally, mm. yeah, they're trying to dictate it to you. And then you are interpreting that into that plan and trying to see if that's what they were imagining. Yes. Um, and also trying to add things into it as well. Sure. So uh, that yeah. was a little bit different. Um, but through schematic design, like since I was brought on in that middle portion, and also probably because I couldn't keep my own opinions to myself. Um, <laughs> probably to the value of the client as well. We'll I mean, just I add would hope to that. So. Yeah. That's what I think all well, the time. Well, <laughs> clearly you were there at the end as well. So I'm picking. Um, yeah. So we were able to kind of, I, I was able to help tweak that plan a bit just to clean up some of the ideas and uh-huh. then essentially take it from that point and move forward with it yeah. um, kind of on my own. So um There were, I think when I got the plan, it was probably, I mean, it was pretty worked out. Um, I did some cleaning up, but then there were these fun additional things that came up afterwards that then are kind of, you know, there's the original brief and then there's Uh the additional things that come on later on as, especially as the clients are kind of imagining being in the space and how they're going to use it. And because we had it in a 3D program, we were actually able to get into those spaces. They can kind of see things and, get you know, and then there's additional things that mm-hmm. come up. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, there, there's those kind of pieces that um, they might not have discovered along the way. It's, it's one thing to be a designer and have it in your head and, and know where it's going. It's another thing for them to be able to uh, come on that journey and then I suppose grow with it as, as it goes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. And ideally, I mean, like you've the, got everything done before you start building, you know? Oh, always. always. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, the big kind of points that we still talked about the big ideas, because uh-huh. you also want to make sure that no matter or how you get through that design process um, and those additional things that come up, you want to still make sure that you're on track to getting to those big ideas that you had started out with in the first place. Um, And so I think the big ideas were connecting the space to the exterior because they had such a great site and a larger site than sometimes what you get in the Barton Hills area and to make you a connection that natural light the house was set up for it It just you know back in the 50s uh windows and doors were a lot smaller so now we can get them a lot bigger and really bring in that natural light 
yeah, cool. so I think that yeah. was also kind of one of those key points as well as just making the space more usable for their family because it had gone through a few different reiterations and I think the last one that they, whenever they bought the house it was for multiple tenants so they had um, the garage had been turned into a garage apartment and then the bedroom wing it actually had the bathroom attached to the one of the bedrooms as kind of an ensuite bathroom yeah wow and um so it just looked like multiple tenants were trying to share all of the different spaces um, so part of the idea was bringing it back to a single family home and then making some of those spaces a little bit more modern size, not back in the, like the fifties, things were yeah, much things smaller. Were much smaller. Yeah. I mean, smaller <laughs> just, yeah, well, I don't know. You just look at cars, for example, as a great example of that, the size of a car, how much it's grown and, you know, over the years. Um, Especially and go, in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Well, most things in We've Texas. Got monster trucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is. It's like we, the amount of space that we take up as humans has has grown significantly in the last 50, 70 years. So this house was nineteen fifties, and um, cool lot though. Like uh, it's on a great lot, and then a real mid century. I wouldn't say architectural masterpiece at the start, but a mid century like home um, with some amazing features and then as you say you got brought into it along the way and then got to refine that and tidy that up and then find the find the magic that you could add to it um, some of the things that, that when we were going through the photos that I thought was really cool was uh, obviously it's got this amazing rock wall entry and tell me the story of that so people visiting the home um, we'll get to appreciate that other than just the well, clients who already appreciate it. <laughs> well, so the, I mean, you hit on it a little bit with the, that this from, this home is from the fifties and it was built by A.D. Stanger, which is short for oh. Arthur Dallas Stanger. Mm -hmm. um, and he's kind of the Texas version of Joseph Eichler. So right. he's an architect developer and, uh, you know, so before you even get to the house, I think it's important to kind of narrate um, you guys turning into this neighborhood because this is the best part. Uh, and it was such a surprise to me because I'm from here, but I've never been in this specific neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I and remember it's part of Barton Hills. So it's close to yeah. town. It's like. Yeah. It's close to everything. They, they uh, The clients go to Barton Springs all the time because uh -huh. it's a quick three minute drive. Um, so, I mean, the location is great. The trees are established. Um, and then you kind of turn off of the street and you kind of time warp back into the 50s. And it's wild because all of the homes were built by A.D. Stanger back in the 50s, you know, 60s. So you kind of you turn and then all of a sudden you're in this whole neighborhood that takes of you back into the 50s. Yeah. Wow. And um and you can tell that there had been a lot of architects that have lived in this area. Some of them have been renovated. Um, some of them are still the same existing homes, you know, and it's just, and there, there's only one that made it like kind of a large scale, but everyone else is kind of this low slung, small yeah. scale ranch home that uh, really keeps with the feeling of, you know, what I can imagine you turning down the same road in the fifties, what it would have mm -hmm. felt like. Mm -hmm. Um so that, I mean, that's the coolest part. And I think uh, I, normally I might not have taken on a consulting job 
uh, because I typically, you don't want to own all the stuff. But, you know, after I met Holly, I heard about kind of her vision for the home. And um, once I actually toured the neighborhood, it like, you know, I was was sold. I would have done anything to be part of this. Well, to be Um, able to do do it and honor that what it was as much as what it becomes is really clever and and really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So so then so you mentioned the rock wall, which is Uh um, all of the rock is has been from or is from the excavation of the homes on their site. So whenever they're building the foundation and excavating, they're keeping all of this rubbled stone and they're building these, you know, feature stone walls and ours has that kind of entry stone wall mm-hmm. um, that then continues into the entrance as a, an additional stone wall. And then you see it again in the fireplace as in that the living stone room. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, and then this, so that's one of those things that's a Stanger uh, feature that all of these houses have some kind of stone feature as well. So when you're driving through that fifties neighborhood, you're seeing this stone feature on all of the houses and they all have that kind of signature look with just different variations where it's, yeah. um, you know, it's like the coolest suburb you could have imagined. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's um. And, you know, for people who don't realize that, you know, the the stone is of the site. So then it is of the environment that it came from. And so it connects itself back to the land automatically, which is great, which is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, it, you know, and, and it was important for and once again, like Holly is a dream unicorn client that just uh, she's willing she was willing to spend the time to do everything right which yeah. you know it, these kinds of projects can take some time and they and they can take some money that you didn't think you were going to have to spend uh-huh. um and she was on board and she was convinced that she was you know going to see this through um and she also has those kind of those tendencies where she s- sees those kinds of features that normally like we geek we geek out about yeah and she also thought it was important to keep all of those things um and to maintain you know, those build upon yeah. it yeah yeah I think that's really beautiful like it, it so when you you come to the home on the tour there's so much of it that is is based off what the love of that whole neighborhood and that um the love of the actual style and design of the original home uh but then just updating it to make it keep within what it used to be but be modern enough to live in and take it forward for another 50 100 years you know I think that's yeah, really yeah. Cool. I mean, like, don't. I'm definitely not a preservationist uh, in any means, but yeah. there are, you know, I think if you have sensibilities about seeing some of these 100%. homes, you see, there are features that, like, you, your soul would be, yeah, <laughs> hurt if crushed if you did something to it, and yeah. and that's that stone wall is is one of those features. And when it goes into the um, living room area where it has, uh, where you've got the same stone and the fireplace, you had to extend it up. And there's a little hint for people who um, go on the tour just to watch the mortar line and you'll see the old and the new. But um, give it a, I don't know, 30 years, it'll probably look the same. You probably won't notice it. We did our best to, to hopefully you won't be able to see it, but I, you know, like I yeah. bet those architects out there are like, Let yeah, there'll try. be some geeks. <laughs> there'll be some geeks who'll go in there and go, Oh, I got it. I got it. I see it. Yeah. 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 But the, the Masons were really great with trying to like, you know, remove some of the, the yeah. existing stones so that they can kind of blend it in together. Yeah. But um, yeah, part of that big move uh, for the renovation addition portion was 
taking that existing gable roof that was over the main living room, dining room area, which is mm -hmm. also the master's or the primary suite in that same volume. So what we did was we extended out the portion closest or towards facing the backyard. We've extended that out so eight be, feet. Be, before you keep going on, I want to tell uh, people sure. this, this home is kind of almost shaped like something like a bluebird. It, it's, um, it's kind of got two L-shaped and L-shaped sort of piece with a with a body that flies out behind it, which is the piece that Candace is talking about now. Is how this um, how it sort of extends out into the backyard. It's not like this house isn't a square. You're going to go inside and you're going to have options. Um, whilst it's got a, a flow that you will follow, there's oh, probably at least five more external walls maybe more than that, maybe eight more external walls than if it was a box. So it's, yes. um, yeah, it's, it's like quite different in that manner. So it's quite exciting as you go in and then the volumes that change uh, from, you know, like being a standard height ceiling, there's lots of volume changes as you transition through as well. So as, as Candice is describing it, trust me, you need to go and have a look at it uh, because. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, there it is. Eh? Like when I saw the floor plan, I went, oh, wow. Oh, and, and I, at, the, at that point, I'm thinking, so why did you do this? You know, my whole mind's doing gymnastics as to, so, so what, what made this happen? And then as you explained it to me, I'm going, oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow, that makes sense. And there's some, there's some tricky, clever moves in the architectural things to fit this um, I'm going to call it addition or addition renovation to maintain its footprint whilst also growing its footprint to fit it on the block, um, which yeah, most, the, mostly it, probably it, wouldn't be appreciated other than by geeks like ourselves. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It, and I think before, so that like you're describing that additional, that kind of um, angled volume that's in the back of the home, that's uh -huh. kind of the atypical uh, taller volume that was there before. So all we did is we took that language that was already set up and we, what we did was we made it taller and we made it a little bit wider as much as we could, because we've actually got two front yard setbacks on this property since it's up against two roads. Two street frontages. Um, yeah. 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 So uh, unfortunately we couldn't make it. I think we, uh, the clients would have loved a little bit bigger of a primary suite, but we made it as big as we could without kind of, going away from the established language mm -hmm. which was important to everyone mm -hmm. um that's why she and, bought that's why they bought in the neighborhood yeah oh. it's but it's still peculiar about why stanger did that one volume on an angle you know in so i think before it, you it was always there but it was a little bit shorter so you could you know you could barely see it and right. you probably wouldn't have known unless you went into the house. And now, since we've made that volume taller, you can, you see, can it. see it a little bit more. And so it's kind of, you know, like a, a hint saying like, hey, come check out. Yeah, like cool I, in the I'm over backyard. here. Yeah. 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 So I think so like the people visiting on tour, like, you know, there's a little secret that's saying, hey, come on in. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is, is to stop um, and observe it as you're arriving, because, you know, it, the difference with most homes 
is that uh, the owner drives into the garage or the carport or whatever and enters the home from that angle. Whereas on tour, you're going to enter it as if it was being sold that day and you were going to an open home or, you know, an auction or something. You're going to be able to walk up the path. That's how you'll enter or the, or the driveway. And um, then that will take you into the home, which will be uh, more the visitor's kind of experience of the home. So taking a quick sort of like pause as you're coming up and then looking to see those hints of volume and stuff, um, especially since you'll have been down through the neighborhood, depending on whether you get a park right outside, but you'll have been through the neighborhood a little and you'll have got a sense of what's happening in the neighborhood. You'll be pre-primed and then yeah. this will take you into that next point. So taking yeah. that pause and looking and going, okay, here we go. So that that's the part. And then looking and, and, and letting yourself discover it. I like that. Yeah. And I think I would definitely recommend doing a walk through the neighborhood either before uh -huh. or after just to kind of get a sense. I mean, it's really groovy. So you, you, you definitely need to see that. Um, yeah, but we it, definitely it, laid up that entrance with the, you know, we've got that rock wall along the left-hand side as you're walking up to the front door. And what we did is we put in some site wall lights to really, to uplight it and really bring uh -huh. out that texture. And then we've got this, I mean, it's a, the nicest front door I've ever made in my whole life. This like a gorgeous walnut kind of sunburst door. Oh, really? Kind of as the pentacle, like the point for you to say like, Hey, I'm supposed to come here. And as you open that up, then you see the secondary rock wall along the right-hand side, which uh -huh. we've also added in some lights, some down lights to wash that stone as well to really bring up that texture. Um, and one of the coolest features is that uh, Trey, which is Holly's husband, he's a musician. And so he's got like his cool guitars hanging on the rock wall. Oh, wow. Sloan's got cool. this baby drum set, which is, I mean, it's so cute. And so it just like, like a little right jazz, like a little jazz yeah. drum set. No, no, she's she's got like a rock band drum set. She's got like oh. a ten piece drum set. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, but it's it's one of those moments that you open up that door and you see this kind of little. We called it the jam zone, uh, uh -huh. as the, its nickname. Um, but you see this jam zone along that uh, that second rock wall, and it's just like such a fun feature, and it's so Austin that it it's. It's amazing. It's so you know, damn and so cool. Austin. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it, it's, it's so cool. And it's not posed. It's real. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, no, that's... they're actual musicians. Yeah, this <laughs> well, is what we're happens. We're still trying to get, we're trying to work on her dexterity, but, you know, at yeah. some point, hopefully she'll really become a huge musician. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a real mixture of old and new in the house. The other one was, um, we were discussing the floor and uh, the original floor was a, a concrete floor. And at yeah. some point somebody had decided to tip their hat to Frank Lloyd Wright and paint it Cherokee red. Um, tell me what you did with that. Well, unfortunately, I mean, I'm a big <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright fan myself, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, where it's appropriate, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll, you know, so the, it, you guys will also, if you're coming on the tour, you'll see some of the images from before, which I think is always Fantastic. great to see. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. You're going to see like in, in the space that you're visiting, you're going to see what it used to look like before so that you can really understand the, the full breadth of um, the transformation. Um, but so you'll see some of the 
photos of the previous state and there were I mean, so many different colors and so many different materials. And there was just like a lot of things going on going visually. On. Yeah. Yeah. It that, busy. You know, just, um, you know, and I, I do like some busy architecture sometimes, but you know, this one was like competing uh, lead singers in a band. Right. And, and it was just a lot. So what I we were trying often, to do. Often with that, you know, cause you were opening up the spaces and also opening up the views out of the home, then you know, if, if it's just a, a cave, then decorate the hell out of it. If it's, <laughs> if it's, um, yeah, but at the minute it's got like these vistas and stuff, you want the uh, landscape and the architecture to fall together. Um, yeah. And if, if there's so much visually happening inside, uh, it can stop you from seeing what's coming in through the windows as well, which is. Absolutely. And we, there's a point of overwhelm. Yeah, we were trying to just like take some things back, uh, mm -hmm. you know, minimize some of the materials, uh, take it back to a more natural palette so that other things could really shine, you know, like mm -hmm. that, like the rock wall. We wanted to really feature that. We wanted to feature the personality of the clients. Um, and we also wanted that front door to be kind of the star of the show. And we didn't want anybody else trying to be a diva alongside it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I've got a point about the, the front door. So it'll probably be open. And so most people won't get the experience of coming up towards it and, and it being this, like you say, star of the show. So pause when you're going through the entry and have a look at the door because you might just, unless the weather's shocking, which it's unlikely to be, um, <laughs> chances are that door won't be open um, and you won't get to view it that way. It, uh, so, and it'd be one of those things where it'd be a shame to miss something that's been so carefully curated. Yeah. And well, it's the, so depending, you know, Texas, Texas weather in uh -huh. October, could it could be, be the really way. hot. It could be really cold. Uh, it could be all of the thing, all mm -hmm. of the above, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, who knows about it? And also the, it's a large pivot door. Um, so we actually made it larger than before. It's much taller than before. So uh -huh. when you open it up, it kind of opens you up to the grand public space, uh -huh. but to get to the, like the bedroom wing, you would actually have to close it to be able to walk by. Oh, so sneak I think behind. That's a cool little thing. Yeah, right. They will get to be able to open and close it, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is also part of experiencing that door because it's salt. I mean, the frame is steel and then mm -hmm. it's inlaid with, uh, you know, three quarter inch walnut plywood on both sides. So it's a very heavy door. And just to feel the, just the weight. you know, the heaviness. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. it's part of, it's an interactive feature. <laughs> well, that's a really good point. So if you've got the opportunity while you're on the, on the homes tour to do this, you know, like if it isn't, if it's closed, you're going to get the opportunity straight away. But um, if it's open, then you still might need to close it a little to sneak around behind um, yeah. to go into that primary suite. Tell me a little bit about that with the um, walk-in robe as well, because, again, trying to make space out of things that, uh, uh, that, that exist and get the best usage out of it is, again, like a, a game that um, all designers and architects play. And, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, so you, you managed to get this in here. So tell me that story as well. I like that you called it a walk-in robe. That's yeah. very cool. I'm going to have to use that. Oh, <laughs> that's what we call them. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call them, a walk-in robe. You know, on our plans, it would say W-I-R, 
<laughs> walk in robe yeah okay yeah of course you guys call it a closet i hadn't clicked to that <laughs> um yeah so actually so the uh, clarification that front door when it's opened on the right hand side that is actually the guest bedroom and sloan's bedroom uh -huh. and the primary suite is a it's back in that angled volume mm -hmm. um so when we're back in that angled volume in the primary suite you'll take uh it and their bedroom is actually in that area that it was originally so they're all kind of it was already a primary suite in this area all we did was kind of make it a little bit wider and a little bit taller which also made that bathroom they used to have just a really small uh primary bathroom with you know just like a stall maybe a three feet by three foot shower stall uh -huh. a tight toilet and a sink you know like it's made maybe a, a powder room at best. Yeah. Um, and that was yeah. their primary bathroom. Um, and then they all, the other side of it was a small laundry closet. So when we made that space larger, we were able to get them a, a, a nicer size bathroom and then an, an additional walk-in robe or walk-in closet. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, and, cool. um, and, and I don't, you know, they don't, the clients didn't want a huge walk-in closet, which a lot of people do in Texas. They want, you know, like a full-size bedroom as their walk-in closet, mm -hmm. uh, if not multiple. Bedrooms, I don't think right? that's just Texas. That's that's okay. our that's, that's our modern living. You know, that's um people people uh, want to be able to change in that room, and they yeah, there's there's just a whole lot of stuff going on that um, has moved on in that space. And yeah. uh, people want to nurture themselves more in their homes in that way. And of course it takes a, a fair bit of floor space. So it, it, yeah, like all of a sudden you've got space where you're standing and space where you're doing everything else. And overall yeah, it, you're right. like, it uses up space. And that was one of the things when I was talking to you before, I was like, so how did you do that? You know, you, you, what happened? <laughs> how did in you there? convince? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you convince your clients to have such a small walk-in closet? Uh, yeah, so luckily they it wasn't that important to them. And when we demoed that original, you know, all of the original framing, we found out that they had their, um, so it kind of backs up to the fireplace masonry box. Mm -hmm. And once we demoed it, we saw that it wasn't kind of a, a large rectangular shape. It was more kind of like a, you know, a L. A, a small, dog leg, like a, yeah. Yeah, a dog leg. Um, and so with that, which nobody knew was happening, we were able to steal some of that space, that kind of dead void space around the masonry firebox to give them a little bit more of a closet rather than just kind of a, you know, where the doors swing out towards you and uh -huh. you're hanging your clothes. This way, we, we stole a little bit of space from their bathroom so that you could actually walk in and then through some, you know, some very creative ways of hanging clothes and shoes, um, we were able to capture that extra space that we didn't know we had and give them, you know, an actual walk-in closet. I think that's really cool. That's really cool. Again, great design, like being able to find the amenity and use something that otherwise would have been lost. Um, yeah, I mean, you or, don't or always wasted. get those fun yeah. surprises. <laughs> Usually it's the opposite way on a remodel where you <laughs> thought you had something and then you're like, oh, surprise, we're going to have to change that. So this was a, a fun kind of value add. <laughs> I think 100%. I think one of the things like <laughs> listening to you talking about the home, your um, infectious enthusiasm for the project itself 
is raising a loan to go and see the project, you know, like the neighborhood, and then that stacks into what you're able to do with it. And then also um, the clients like Holly and Trey and their daughter Sloan, but the clients and how they live and what they do, um, this comes back to that thing of, you know, the brief, most people have no idea what the brief will be. And in this case, or why the brief exists in the way it does. And in this case, you've really started to peel that back and, uh, and then make sure that people don't miss the things that are, um, I suppose, uh, the magic, the magic that was able to be added to it. Um, I've got one more, which is uh, in that primary suite and the ensuite area. Uh, you did this big window. Obviously, it had a tiny little window to start with. And um, you kind of blew that window out. And it's again, it's a great feature for people to go and have a look at how you handled that. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, like I said, the site is great and they have a lot of beautiful oak trees on the property. So they had this huge heritage oak in that back corner. And so by opening up with that large window, we were able to kind of get that same connection from the interior to the exterior. But by putting that floating mirror in front of it, you know, you still have some privacy uh, with it and being able to see kind of the tips of the trees around you as yeah. you're getting ready in the morning, which is you know, it just, you Beautiful. don't know how much those things affect you until you get to have them. And then, then you can't imagine never having them again, you know? A hundred percent. By the way, did they light the tree at all? Have they lit the tree so at night you can get that same view? We have uh, plans to, uh, to light all the trees and we're starting with the front and we're going to see how we feel about it because, you know, sometimes I think uh, you you want some of the landscape lighting, but I think Texas in most cases overdoes it, right? Yeah. So I think we're gonna we're gonna take it slow with some of the tree lighting and mm. we'll see where we end up. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Because that will make the house like um its nightscape be something special as well. And as you say, like the thing is, is like with you know, all design, um we have this uh, fascination, I see it globally, with just opening everything to being glass. And then there is no one thing that you suddenly focus on anymore. There's everything that you're trying to focus on. And I think with great design, you know, this ability to pull items so that you actually see something and then more reveals. And I love your description then of the tree with the mirror around it so that you actually get to see that this tree is sitting behind us um, when you're or behind the mirror and, and you're getting the filter of it and yeah. it gives the intrigue. You, you can see it's there, but it gives the intrigue and wants to take you to that further journey. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a hint. We have, yeah. we have some clear story, high clear story mm -hmm. windows on the op or kind of on the, uh, the wall next to it. It's high above the shower and the bathroom. And then those same clear story windows happen in the living room area yep. as well. So of course it gives you functionally, it gives you more space on the wall to be able to put TVs and, and uh, you know, and storage and, and stuff like in art, because it's really yes. important to our, our clients. Um, but also just to give you that natural light on both sides of the house um, and to be able to give you that, you know, view of the tree canopy above you without you know, giving mm -hmm. away your privacy to your neighbors. It's just mm -hmm. something that it being able to see trees 
on all of your walls. It's just like, it's, it's such a nice feature. Something special. It really is. Yeah. I, I think that that point that you made there is one of the most um, fabulous things that uh, is a feature of so much mid-century modern architecture is this yeah. privacy, but um, openness at the same time uh, yeah. so that there may be hints of what's available, but there isn't, you don't get to see everything. Yeah. Candice, beautiful place that you made. Um, and it sounds like really exciting clients. Um, uh, I mean, I tell you, she Holly was my dream unicorn client. And yeah. I told her all the time, I just like, you know, I just really want you to know this. You're my, like, you make this so much fun for me. And because, uh, you know, not always architecture is fun. We get into, sure. well, there's a lot of work that comes yeah. with it is still work. But you get those little nuggets of, or in Holly's case, she's just like, you know, just a, a rainbow of fun and excitement. And just like, a, it's what I had dreamed it would be. And I told, I tried to tell her as much as I could, because it was, it's easy when you're working with the right people and the right team. And it just feels like magic. hundred percent. When you can get that match, you actually get yeah. more magic from the match. You know, I always- Absolutely. I always think, you know, like, yeah, you you can make, you can be with a person and get on with them and all the rest. But when you actually get the magic, it makes the whole process magical. And then the house goes one step further again, just by nature of that mastermind that you create between yourselves. It's uh, absolutely, it's yeah, I thing. felt like, like a cartoon with like heart eyes whenever I would look at her because <laughs> she's just so, she's so great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, um, well, you'll be hanging out there most of the weekend I'm picking. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll be yeah. there. And I'll talk to whoever about this as, I imagine as long you, as you'll let me. Yeah, I imagine you're going to have quite a crowd around you. So uh, if anybody's lucky enough to grab you and get a, a, a private tour, go for your life. <laughs> <laughs> Candice, wonderful to chat to you. And enjoy the homes tour I look forward to being there and seeing uh seeing this home as well like it, it's going to be amazing amazing yeah it was, it was really fun talking to you and uh you know like I said I'm well I just love to talk about this project as much as I can <laughs> well it sounds like and looks like it's well worth the effort so we'll see you on the homes tour oh you'll so you'll be coming to Texas it's a plan okay Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? 
and see if they follow you, see if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.